Colossians 1, 28, 2 through 5, 2, 5. Okay, will you stand with me as we read the Word of God? Paul writes to the church in Colossae, So everywhere we go, we tell everyone about Christ. We warn them and teach them with all wisdom God has given us. For we want to present them to God, perfect in their relationship to Christ, I work very hard at this, as I depend on Christ's mighty power that works within me. I want you to know how much I've agonized for you and for the church at Laodicea, and for many other friends who have never known me personally. My goal is that they will be encouraged and knit together by the strong ties of love. I want them to have full confidence because they have complete understanding of God's secret plan, which is Christ himself. In him lie hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I am telling you this so that no one will be able to deceive you with persuasive arguments. For though I am far away from you, my heart is with you, and I am very happy because you are living as you should and because of your strong faith in Christ. You may be seated, unless you would like to stand the whole time, like I will be doing. Okay, I'm going to pray first and then we'll jump into this. Father, I pray that you will quiet our hearts, calm them. God, there's a lot of things that we've brought to today, things we've piled up from the week. God, I pray that there will be no hindrance to hearing from you, be encouraged by your word, hearing the mystery um, of Christ himself. God, please teach us this morning. I pray this in your name. Amen. So, coming every week um, that I teach, uh, I always think about you guys. What, what you are bringing to a Sunday morning. Um, and that's because it's impossible to address personally everything that you guys bring. It could be the news that Chile had a massive earthquake yesterday, right? And there's a lot perishing because of that. It could be because of something personal in your life that could be hard. It could be something um, amazing. Like the, the praises that were shared were incredible today. Like they were really encouraging because they had a lot of depth to them. And so it could be that you guys are coming very encouraged. But how, how do we talk to the person that is very encouraged and the person that is very discouraged at the same time, those that come with praises and those that come with prayer requests. And the, re- the way we do that is we stay very closely to Scripture. Because right? as we teach Scripture, as we read Scripture and then teach Scripture, what we're hearing is the Word of God to us that is truth uh, regardless of the circumstance, that speaks into the circumstance, whatever it may be, whether it's one of praising or one of, I desperately need prayer for this. Um, and that's sort of how Paul enters in to speaking with the Colossians here. Um, he's saying, I, 
I'm in the midst of struggling for you guys. I've never met you, but I'm struggling for you. And his struggle, I believe, is one that a lot of, um, whether you've been a person that's been very concerned for someone else or someone who's in leadership in the church, the struggle often is, I want more for this person than they want for themselves. And it's a very difficult place to be in. And, and this isn't a self-righteous, I want something more for them than they want for themselves, but it could be a concern. It could be a parent who their child doesn't want to do their homework, right? And they're saying, I, I so badly want you to do it because I know that, that that will lead to so much more successes in your life if you do this and do it well, right? And, and obviously that's a small example. It could be someone who... Uh, there's a, a brother or sister that's struggling in their faith, and for a long time, they have just not been pursuing, uh, enriching, and deepening that faith, being what Paul says, enlightened to the glorious knowledge of who Christ is, right? And they're not pursuing that. And so the struggle, as you see them, your struggle is, ah, I just, I really want them to grasp it, right? I feel like I will do whatever it takes for them to finally see who Christ is. And the question that I think when I hear Paul say that is, so does Paul not like struggle, struggle? Like we usually talk about struggling. This is a very healthy struggle. I'm struggling for them. Um, but is Paul just this, uh, this warrior who, who rides into battle with silver armor on? You know, just ready to take people on? No, Paul... I believe we should read this uh, in relationship to Paul's own testimony. Um, Paul, throughout his, um, throughout Acts, throughout the, the letters he wrote, he's constantly reminding people of his own testimony, which is that he once was very much against Christ himself. And then on the Damascus Road, as he went to persecute more Christians, Jesus himself visited Paul. And his whole life was changed. And what that created in Paul was a desire, a desire to struggle for others that they would also see and experience Christ themselves. In, uh, in Philippians 1.20, this is what he says. He says, For I live in eager expectation and hope that I will never do anything that causes me shame, but that I will always be bold for Christ, as I have been in the past, and that my life will always honor Christ, whether I live or die. For to me, living is Christ, and dying is even better. Yet if I live, that means fruitful service for Christ. I really don't know which is better. I am torn between the two desires. Sometimes I want to live, and sometimes I long to go and be with Christ. That would be far better for me. But it is better for you that I live. I'm convinced of this. So I will continue with you so that you will grow and experience the joy of your faith. Then when I return to you, you will even have more reason to boast about what Christ Jesus has done for me. And so he even saw his testimony having great effect on others. So, so even if, he said, <laughs> and some of you guys might have felt this before, he's like, I, sometimes I just long to go and be with Christ. And he says, I do. Sometimes I just long for it. He says, but I realize now where I'm at is I can come and I can be of great joy to you and you'll have even more reason to boast about what Christ Jesus is doing in me, right? Not only about his plans for you, but you'll be able to be excited because of what he's doing in me too. 
It's this sharing um, that leads us into his desire that he talks about in verse 2, where he says, my goal is that you be encouraged. Is that me buzzing? Okay. <laughs> Sorry, this is kind of loud. <clears throat> Don't be alarmed. My voice is not that loud. It's the speaker. <clears throat> my goal is that they will be encouraged and knit together by strong ties of love. Right? So that's his desire. He said, even though I'm not with you guys, um, my heart is with you, and I desire that even you guys together will be united by strong ties of love. Um, and, and I believe this comes because Paul's first praise of the Colossians, right when he opens up the book, is that they were. He says, I, when I've heard about you guys, I've, I've been praising God and thanking him because you guys are united in love because you share together a hope of heaven. And so the question is, why is he going back and reminding them of this? If they're doing it, why is he saying, when I, when I look at, when I pray for you, I pray that you guys will continue united and knit together in love. And this is, I have a little story for you guys that someone shared with me this week, and I think it's, it's perfect to describe it. It's more of an example than a story. Um, there was a father who told his daughter, um, he asked her, uh, she was very young, would you please go and clean your room? Is that, is that me buzzing? Or is that someone else? Okay. Is that my hearing aids? That's what it kind of sounds like. Oh, there we go. Perfect. Okay, thanks. <laughs> okay. So a father told his daughter, uh, would you clean your room? And she says, uh, yes, Father, I'll clean my room. And so she goes to her room and comes back several hours later, and she says to him, Father, I was so moved by what you told me that I went to my room and I, I memorized, I committed to memory everything you said, and I, just, I committed those things and I meditated on them. And I've, I've just come back... Um, to, sh- to share with you that I'm treasuring in my heart everything that you've told me. And the father goes, so, so you haven't cleaned your room. <laughs> and the daughter goes, no, no, not, not yet. And he goes, well, could you please clean your room then? And so she goes away. She goes back to her room. Uh, and so she comes back. Eventually, after another, another few hours, this is a Saturday, so they have all day. And she says, well, father, she says, thinking about what you said, um, I went back, and I've actually been very busy. I've translated everything you've said into Latin. <laughs> because I wanted to know exactly how this, the sentence you said was built. And, and so I could really pull out the roots of that. Okay? Because I, I wanted to do everything that you said correctly. And so she, she, she went on further, and she says, and actually, on top of that, after I really feel like I understood it, I, I wrote you a song about cleaning my room. And I was just, I was praising, I was praising your commands for me, okay? And not only that, but I've invited a group of friends over tonight that, that we're going to get together, and I'm, I'm not only going to teach them this song, but I'm going to share with them how to clean their room. And the father says, but have you cleaned your room? She goes, no, but... <laughs> Right, so you see the, the absurdity of it, right? 
And that's often why we have to be reminded again and again of the basics of the gospel, right? And, and what the effects of the gospel should look like in our lives, right? <laughs> For her, it should have looked like a clean room, right? If she really understood the message of the gospel, or the message of the Father for her. So if we really understand the message of the gospel, Paul's saying, I'm struggling for you guys that you continue to understand what this means in your life, that when you guys see the gospel forming in your lives, that it will look like a people that are knit together by love and united together. And so we get these reminders constantly. That's why Paul is constantly reminding himself of his own testimony, And it's important that we remind each other often of our testimony, right? Looking back, I know some of you who came to faith uh, weeping, right? And then then later it seems like that had no effect on you at all because because today's problem is what you give dominance to in your life and your thinking and your heart. It's what you meditate on. It's what you dwell on, right? Rather than the work of Christ that took effect in your life, and you love, you've let that remain dormant, or you've let it just turn into, as you read the Word of God, everything you process turns into doctrine for you, right? rather than reading it and understanding God's Word for you to be putting into practice, not just doctrine. Does that make sense? So this is Paul's struggle for them. They would continue... In the gospel, not only understanding it, but participating in it as a church. And it's important that we do that, that we, we realize the words that God are speaking for us are for life. The second thing he desires for them, he says, is that they have, I want them to have full confidence because they have complete understanding of God's secret plan, which is Christ himself. In him lie hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. The first emphasis here is the emphasis that we, we hope to put on, we, we hope to portray in every time we preach on a Sunday morning. The emphasis of Christ himself. The, the word of God, Old and New Testament, center on the person of Christ. The law and the prophets, the testimony, it all centers on Christ. And Paul's preaching center on Christ too. We find in 1 Corinthians, he says, we preach Christ and him crucified, which appears to many foolishness. Right? In 2 Corinthians he says, We don't go around preaching ourselves, we preach Christ Jesus the Lord. All we say about ourselves is that we are servants because of what Christ Jesus has done for us. And so, if you come on a Sunday and you're like, well they keep talking about Jesus. It's because, because that is... What it talks about here, it says that's the mystery of God, and this is Paul speaking to a people who all they have is the Old Testament, right? And so they're understanding the, the Old Testament is God's prophetic revelation to a people saying that, um, that one day a Messiah will be coming, right? Understanding the law and what that pointed towards, right? The, the mystery held in that was Christ. Um, what we do is we, we preach Christ because, um, not because I think that, uh, well, I don't know even what I was going to say, not because um, there's nothing else to talk about, right? Because 
the work of Christ has effect on all of our lives, our practice. It can have effect on our politics, our philosophy, our sociology, right? Everything, right? But where we begin with Christ is because by him, everything was created and is held together. And that's what Paul said earlier in, in Colossians. He writes, Christ is the one through whom God created everything in heaven and on earth, and he made the things we see and the things that we cannot see. Kingdoms, kings, rulers, and authorities, everything was created through him and for him, and he existed before everything else began, and he holds creation together. Right? And so in Christ, we find something much more stable than whatever we bring to a Sunday morning. Say, uh, if it's uh, despairing, maybe it was a hard week. I had a really strange week this week. Uh, very intellectually busy the, early on in the week, and then I just got tired. And I just feel like thinking it all later on in the week. Right? I don't know if you guys have that. But, but I could bring to today just like this real <sighs> attitude, right? Maybe you've had struggles in your marriage, right? And you can bring that to today. Right? And so if we bring everything today, what is stable and constant is um, that is more stable and constant than our own logic and reasoning, oftentimes. Because if the world held together by my own understanding of it, the world would fall apart. And that's often where we see the world falling apart, is people acting by their own logic and reasoning, rather than coming to Christ, who does not change. And that's the other promise, the promise of this Full assurance is that promise of full assurance comes is because that also is built upon Christ. In Hebrews 6.4, or sorry, 6.13, it gives an example of this in the Old Covenant. And this is really important, um, how God makes promises and God reveals himself, and that is based upon God himself, even in his relationship to us, right? His love is based upon him being a loving God, not because we're always lovable. In Hebrews 6, 13 through 19, it says this. You might want to turn there with me because it's, it has some... Uh, if you are in the book... It's going to be page 1212. Hebrews 6.13. And it says, For example, there was God's promise to Abraham, since there was no greater to swear by. God took an oath in his own name, saying, I will certainly bless you richly, and I will multiply your descendants into countless millions. Then Abraham waited patiently and received what God promised. When people take an oath, they call on someone greater than themselves to hold it to them, hold them to it. And without any question, that oath is binding. God also bound himself to an oath, so that those who receive the promise could be perfectly sure that he could never change his mind. So God has given us both his promise and his oath. These two things are unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie. Therefore, we have fled to him for refuge. 
we who have fled to him for refuge can take new courage, for we can hold to this promise with confidence. This confidence is like a strong and trustworthy anchor for our soul. It leads us through the curtain of heaven into God's inner sanctuary. And so this is amazing as we come to this Paul asking us, like, I hope you guys, I want you guys, my desire for you is that you will have full assurance, full confidence because you have complete understanding of God's secret plan in Christ. In him lie all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And this, this he has done, and it's, we can be fully confident in it because it's not that, that when God came and decided to save us, he said, I'll, I will save you only if you guys finally get your act together. But it says, he didn't take that oath and make us make the other side of the oath, right? He says, the oath was made to himself, okay? Because we are so often inconsistent, right? And this is, this is just this is phenomenal. And because of that, it says here, therefore we who have fled to him for refuge can take courage for we can hold to his promise with confidence. This confidence is like a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. Because if you've ever tried anchoring yourself in yourself, right? And there's, there's real philosophies that, that encourage you to do that. Just find yourself deeply within yourself, right? But the, but the Bible stands against that. And Paul's hope is that they will see that and they'll turn to Christ, who is sure, and we can put our full confidence in. So Christ is the only thing that's certain. And because of that, both in biblical story, biblical biography, and also poetry that comes from those that have met Christ and been changed by him, is full of what Christ is for us, and explaining that in things like, He is my light, He is my hope, He's my strength. He's my song. He's my life. He's my all. He's my all in all. <laughs> right? It's so all-encompassing in Christ because in Him lie all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Right? And how, how can it be that encompassing, we can ask? Right? I see the world and I see seagulls fly and I see beautiful mountains and I see the way people interact. How can all that how can Christ, when we preach Christ, take all that into account when I see earthquakes in Chile, right? When I see the politics of our country and I don't understand what's going on, right? How, how can I preach Christ and, and when I preach that, everything else in our lives can come under that understanding of who Christ is, who is in the heavens, and it says in Romans 8, speaks to the Father on our behalf, right? How that happens is because Christ, in his death and resurrection, has become an anchor for our souls in any situation, right? And Paul's goal is for you guys to understand that. Um, Going into four, he says, I'm telling you this, so that no one will be able to deceive you by persuasive argument. 
This persuasive argument might come in a few different forms. One of the persuasive arguments will be attacking who Christ is for you. Does Christ, does Christ really, will he really come through with that promise? Could be a way that the persuasive argument might come. And the persuasive arguments don't always come from outside of you. They come from inside of you sometimes by your own struggling. Okay, um, I'm going to give you a quick example of this. It comes from the third chapter of Genesis where the serpent comes and is tempting Adam and Eve. And his first, the very persuasive argument that the serpent gives is, he says, did God really say that? Then he says, well, did God really mean that? And then he says, well, okay, well, God, what God really meant by that was he was trying to deceive you. Okay? So these persuasive arguments will attack the very root of where that anchor of hope lies for you. And so, as Paul has, has built this, this huge example of Christ in Colossians 1, right, of who he is by creating the heavens and the earth, the persuasive argument that comes against you will attack that foundation. Will Christ really be a sure hope for you? And so Paul's prayer for them is that, guys, I'm praying that you guys will be knit together in love. You guys will be reminding each other of Christ, what Christ has done in your lives by changing you. You know, like Robert was sharing earlier, just the way he's seen God work in his life and so many people this week, he's speechless, right? But if we don't keep ourselves firmly anchored in that hope, even, <laughs> even when our own minds get tired and we don't feel like thinking deep thoughts, right? Stay anchored. Be, be at rest. I was really enjoying, as we were singing this morning, singing things like, Great is thy faithfulness. O oh God, my Father, there is no shadow of turning in thee. All I have needed, thy hand has provided. Great is thy faithfulness. Because, like we had talked about was it two weeks ago, because I'm not faithful all the time. And so when I sing, Great is thy faithfulness, I'm just learning to appreciate who God is for me. And that is, that is huge, guys. I, as I prepared for today, I thought, I don't really have a lot to say. I, really, I haven't been thinking very deep the last few days. It's been a really nice vacation. Because <laughs> usually I'm, I'm really, I, I think very hard thoughts a lot. And, and this week, I, this last few days hasn't been. But it's been good. I, I, it hasn't been like wrestling. It's been a good rest, like it says in Psalm 46. Be still and know that I am God. And I could, during the, these last few days, just enjoy him. And, and you're allowed to do that. It doesn't always have to... <laughs> when persuasive arguments come against you, it doesn't always have to be an epic battle. Right? Just reunite with that anchor to your soul. Right? Come to Christ, your defender. Let him have the things that you wrestle with. Right? Christ, who on the cross took into consideration all that you would be and will be. It's not when Christ died for you on the cross, he was like, okay, when you're saved, we're friends. But then, oh, I wasn't expecting you to do that. Okay, the full confidence comes from us understanding who Christ is and what he did for us. And in that, we can be knit together in love. And it's, it's huge. And so don't, don't go away from today thinking, 
Well, I memorized the sermon today. <laughs> yeah. And because we can do that, we can do that weekly. Even when we keep each other accountable, did you read this morning? Right? And we can read every morning, right? Just like if you're married, you can have, you know, have coffee with your spouse in the morning, I'm sure. But, but unless you guys are really experiencing each other, enjoying each other, there's not going to be a lot of depth to that relationship. And God wants a real genuine depth with us that no matter what we're going through, we can rest our souls in Him. And that is the hope that we have. Paul's last words was, For though I am far away from you, my heart is with you, and I am very happy because you are living as you should, and because you are strong, because your strong faith in Christ. So we remember this at all times, that um, as Paul wrote, the, uh, wrote to the church, and he says, you know, genuinely my heart is with you guys. He didn't meet, he'd never been to Colossae before, he says, but he says, my heart is with you guys as I pray for you, I'm thinking of you, I'm, I'm hoping for you, <clears throat> and my hope, as we're knit together in love, that would be the real uh, perspective of this church, Right? That you guys are praying for each other during the week. Right? It doesn't, you don't show up every Sunday and you're like, oh, there's a familiar face. But you're really, like, you're thinking throughout the week of each other and you're praying for each other. Because without that, you're going to lack a lot of encouragement, is the fact of life. Right? We're not meant to do this alone, and that's also the testimony of Scripture. That's why Paul took it upon himself to struggle for the church. Not because Paul never expected it was because by what he did they would be saved, but because of the gospel he preached they would be saved, right? And so that's why he was able to struggle for them because he himself was resting in the Father. Okay, so the more you do that and the more, the more you're able to encourage each other and think highly of each other. So remember this, the Bible says encourage one another even as you see that day approaching. So, even as maybe you're tired and you're longing for heaven, right? encourage each other and pray for each other. So I believe this first five verses here, what this is really doing is a recap on one, and the reason it's giving a recap on chapter one, um, even though he didn't write with chapters and verse numbers, he really is using this paragraph to remind them of what he spoke of before, because we quickly forget, right? Because we can read through something and then all of a sudden forget the promises that are ours in Christ if we anchor our soul in them. So I encourage you guys to do that and rely on each other for encouragement, right? If you are spending your whole week apart from those that can encourage you, don't expect to be encouraged, okay? If you're trying to do it by yourself. It's very simple in some ways. Um, But that hope is there for you in Christ. So take it as we sing. um, Don't just sing. Really use the opportunities to sing to praise Him. For He says, some of these songs, um, they, they make it very easy for us to lie. Okay? Like the first song, beautiful, I love it. Hungry I come to you, for I know you satisfy. But then the chorus, 
I'm falling on my knees, offering all, it's, were we really falling on our knees? I hope we were, our hearts were in some ways, metaphorically we were, let's say, but I hope that there are times in our lives where we really do fall on our knees, right, and praise him, right? Being the act of saying, God, you are king, I'm going to honor you as being king. Another song that sometimes we don't even sing the bridge for it because people don't do it. I could sing Every Love Forever. The, the bridge goes, oh, I feel like dancing, right? <laughs> and then everyone's just sitting there going, like, I'm feeling like dancing, right? When you're not dancing. <laughs> and then it says, when the world has seen your light, they will dance with joy like we're dancing now, right? And everyone's sitting there like, like we're dancing now, <laughs> right? So... Be very careful that we're honest with the words that we speak, right? Right, and so when you're reading the Bible in the morning, maybe you only get through two verses before you're like, wow, I need to put this into practice, <laughs> right? And that, then you can <laughs> use that as a time of meditation, like, God, how do I do this in my life, right? So the words God's speaking to you are a matter of life, right? They're not just a matter of doctrine, um, that's Paul's struggle. I think he probably got you know, very upset with people sometimes. He was like, don't you get it? Like, you can actually do that, right? <laughs> and that is oftentimes what it can be like, you know, leading Bible studies, preaching often, is you're like, do you guys get that this is actually true? <laughs> like, you, can, you can have your soul and put it in the anchor of Christ, Right? That it doesn't have to be just once a week when you're like, oh, I'm listening, I enjoy that. That we can do that day in and day out. And even when maybe you are tired physically or tired mentally, mentally, you can really, really still rest in Christ because He holds you. Like you were mentioning, abiding in Christ. You can abide in Christ. And that was Paul's struggle for the church. That was his testimony constantly to them. So remind each other of that. Um, Remind each other of the hope that is in Christ, in whom lie hidden all the riches of wisdom and knowledge. And remind each other of that often. So pray with me, and then we'll sing. God, I thank you for your patience with us. And that you left us your word here um, that we can hold in our hands and that daily we can be reminded. God, I pray that these, um, these words will just sprout up in us and uh, bear a lot of fruit. God, I thank you for bringing this people together today. God, give them courage by your spirit. I pray to encourage each other and also to go out and live boldly for you because um, of what they've heard and the life that is in your words. God, I thank you so much for him. Please bless him. In your name, amen.